This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 392 of the Stable Scoop Show. Auditor Casey Berger, Hoof Savers, and Narragansett Pacers. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Uncle Jimmy's and the Clarion Lexington. Auditor Casey Berger joins us for the Year of the Listener, the Equifit Hoof Saver, and Did You Know About the Narragansett Pacer? Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenda Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Show On the Horse Radio Network I'm so excited because we're starting a new something this week the we are starting no segment. I'm so excited because I love this kind of thing and history and all that. So I'm very excited. I thought this was a good combination of, you know, crazy facts and history. So I did a little research on a breed called a horse breed called the Narragansett Pacer. And of course, uh, Narragansett is a town in Rhode Island. And I just I love the historical connection between the, the breed and and my new home state. Of Rhode Island. You know, that gives me a great idea going future, going through this in the future, because every state has something they're known for horse-wise. It would mm. be interesting. To, you know where I'm going with this, right? I totally know where you're going with this. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Let's do it. To, to go Done. state by state to kind of talk about, that would be very interesting, actually. Hmm. Good idea, Thank Helena. You. Glad you came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I get credit. <laughs> So the Narragansett Pacer was the first horse breed developed in the United States, but sadly, it is now extinct. Uh, it was developed in the U.S. somewhere around the, I want to say somewhere around, it was in the 18th century, and it was about the time that Rhode Island was settled as an actual state colony. This is where my history gets fuzzy. So the 1700s then. Right. Yeah, okay. The late 1700s. Right. Um, because... Most of Rhode Island sort of belonged to Massachusetts right. at one point. But if you're in, if you're like a geek with history, then most you can of look New England it. belonged to Massachusetts at one point. New yeah. England belonged to everybody. Yeah. They were, you know, they were gambling and trading states yeah. and territories. <laughs> like it was going out of style. So the the Pacer originated in Rhode Island, and it was developed from a mix of English and Spanish breeds. But again, there's some question about what the exact cross is. Some resources will say that. The horse was a mix between an Irish hobby horse and a Scottish Galloway pony. And yet others will say that the pacer came from the Spanish Janet bloodline. This is way above my pay grade, but look up these breeds and you can find, you'll start to see the history's mix. So again, its bloodlines are a little fuzzy, but this is my favorite part. Um, George Washington actually owned a Narragansett pacer. Because they were considered to be like some of the best horses 
in the United States at the time, in America at the time. And in fact, the modern standard bred horse is said to have come from Narragansett, Pace, or Bloodstock. Cool, huh? Were and they standard ride, I assume awesome. because they were Pacers too, they were riding and driving them? They were riding and driving them. They were using them for work. They did everything. But really, the reason that they were so cool and so honored in the colonies was because they were fast. Mm. So they were they were running races here in New England. And there's a big uh, racetrack not too far from me. The standard breads, the trotters still race up there. I don't know the name of it. I should know. but um, And that was one of the original tracks in the colonies. It's that old. So on average, the Narragansett Pacers, they were small. They were about 14 hands. Huh. It's not that big. And everybody called them ugly. Like, I think that's so sad that they thought they were ugly. <laughs> we're going to breed a breed of horses, but they're going to be really ugly. <laughs> I know. Well, they'll be they'll fast. They'll be fast, but they'll be ugly. nothing to look at. <laughs> yeah. But of course, you know, like with these, these types of horses, especially horses that are descended from Spanish stock, they were hardy and sure-footed, which made anything they did in the New England colonies awesome because they were handy. You know, that's what we say out in the hunt field. They're, they're handy. You can... Put them anywhere. They're very sure-footed. So it didn't take long before most of New England had Narragansett Pacers because, you know, you could you, – they would breed them here in Rhode Island and then ship them out to And, of course, Vermont, on that day, Hampshire. you couldn't get anywhere without riding your horse. So – and getting, you know, places quicker was always something you wanted to do. It's like having a faster car. Uh, yep. You wanted to get there faster because you'd be days in the saddle just to go from, you know, from Maine to Massachusetts. Uh, yep. Yeah. But they were the origin of today's standard bred racers. Huh. They were f- they were fast. They were hardy. They had really good temperaments. And they were comfortable to ride as all-around mounts. So um, they really became a very highly respected mount in, in New England. Isn't that cool? Did it say why they, you know, they just bred out of existence? They just... It's... um. The crossbreeding. Well, they actually shipped a lot of the horses to the Caribbean hmm. when, you know, there was all like the slave trade that mm-hmm. was coming in and the United States was getting into, um, I don't know what you call it when we, you know, you trade. We were shipping, bartering, importing yeah. and exporting from the islands, not right. just slaves, but products and stuff. And so um, we had so many horses in New England at the time, and it was easy to just put them on a ship and send them down to the Caribbean. Um, So that was one of them. We were exporting them a lot to use down on the islands, but then the crossbreeding completely destroyed the breed by the 19th century. So you know, it what, it's interesting after you say the end of the that. 1800s. It's interesting you say that because if you look and you you've been down there, you've vacationed down there, and you've seen horses down there, and and we've all seen the pictures of the horses in the Caribbean. They kind of are sh- they are smaller in stature, and yep. you know they kind of look like the pictures you're showing us of the Narragansett Pacer. So I can see where they you know that bloodline was in there, and then combine that with the Spanish horses that were brought over, and you kind of have that smaller you know kind of stockier horse. Um, yeah. 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 Interesting. So, I, I mean, I don't know what the horses of the Caribbean. In fact, we're going to Antigua in June and we're going to be staying right next to a horse farm. Oh, cool. <laughs> so so um, I'm going to ask the owner where she gets her horses from. The last place we went in the Caribbean was Eleuthera and there was a, a horse farm there as well, but that was more for trail rides and they were retired hunter jumpers. Mm. And 
but she had shipped a lot of her horses in from the States. A lot of them came from Florida. So it makes you wonder, you know, how many horses are actually um, indigenous and oh, then how many. You have to get an interview with the people from the farm while you're there. I know. I could That'd write the whole fun. trip off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just bring your, get your phone out and do an interview. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll be all over that. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staying at the cottage up on the hill. Yeah. Tell me about your horses. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. And that's it. So the Narragansett Pacer. Pacer, there's plenty of wiki entries on it if you want to research it. Um, we'll put a link up on the show notes to uh, the resources that we found for today's information. Sounds good. Well, you know, when we head to Lexington, Kentucky, we always stay at the Clarion Hotel in Lexington. Every time we go there, I'll be going there in three weeks now for Road to the Horse. We'll be doing a lot of coverage. We're going to do eight hours live coverage at Road to the Horse this year. And uh, it's going to be so much fun. Mary Kitzmiller and I will be hosting the only live coverage of the finals on Friday, or on Sunday, rather, for Road to the Horse. We'll be posting a lot more information about that on the Horses in the Morning page and also Road to the Horse on their Facebook and uh, website. So you can check that out if you want to listen to our coverage of that. And in the evenings, we're heading back to the Clarion Hotel Lexington. And one of the nice things is the rate includes a full breakfast every morning, free Wi-Fi, free airport uh, shuttle back and forth to the Lexington Airport. They have a full-service restaurant called Cortland Southern Kitchen. Also, if you are into bourbon, which Mary informed me she is, uh, check out the bourbon sampler at the Sports Page Bourbon Bar and Grill. Uh, They also do flights of bourbon if you're really into bourbon. Personally, you know, one bourbon doesn't taste any different to me than the other bourbon. So when I start drinking bourbon, you can just give me the crappy stuff because it all tastes the same to me after you've had about two. So... uh, and you know, Two, I yeah. could barely make it past <laughs> no, one. You know, when you go to the tastings, and that's one thing when you go to Lexington, you have to do, you have to go out to, to all the distilleries and do the tours because it's so cool, right? Yeah. And yeah. they're really cool, and they're a lot of them are historical and old, and it's just really neat. But then they do, do the tastings after, and they always start with the cheap stuff and go to the expensive stuff. And I'm like, start with the expensive stuff and go to the cheap stuff. Because I don't want to start with the crappy stuff, and then uh, by the time you get to the expensive stuff, your taste buds are dead. Uh, so, <laughs> I was so you start with the expensive stuff. Yeah, that's what I think you should do. But that's what I did. <laughs> The Clarion Hotel Lexington is on Newtown Pike, has a huge indoor swimming pool, and really it's 10 minutes from Horse Park. You leave the parking lot, you make a right, you go about four miles, make a left, and you're at the Horse Park. And you're coming in the back way, no highways, which is really nice. Uh, and, And you also appreciate this tidbit for anybody that knows anything about Lexington. It's not on New Circle Pike, and you don't have to travel New Circle Road at all. So that's one of the good things. <laughs> so if you know Lexington, you're going to know why that's so important. Visit them at clarionhotellex.com. If you're coming in for Rolex, you better call today. I mean today, because I'm not even sure they're going to have rooms left. So give a call today. I think they have a few left during Road to the Horse time. So uh, check that out. Clarionhotellex.com. Let's go to one of our the next one of our series of our listener interviews for the listener of the year for the listener of the what are we calling it again? Yeah, the, you're the listener. The year of the listener. Oh, we just made Casey the listener of the year, apparently. And last week it was Jerry. <laughs> yeah. So you know, hey, if you want to be the listener of the year, just schedule. I am so brain fried, and it's only Tuesday. All right, so this is the listener of the year, Casey Berger. It is the year of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. 
Well, in this year of the listener, today we welcome auditor. She's an HR and auditor, Casey Berger. And she has, uh, how long have you been a listener, Casey? Um, It hasn't been quite a year yet. Okay. So she's a newbie. She doesn't quite know <laughs> everything that she's in Have you for. gone back and listened to every past episode of every show yet, Casey? No, not every one of them, but I did go back before I started listening. Why are we even talking to her? She has not <laughs> stepped up yet, Helena. This is going to inspire. I am so far behind. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to inspire her. So you have been. So you've been listening for not quite a year, but you're getting there, and um, mm-hmm. clearly you're excited about the show because you had suggested that we we talk to you. And I thought it was very yep. interesting. And you said you're not you're not very interesting. And I'm like, that alone is interesting. Let's get it on here. What's, what's all about? So I I just not, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't do a whole lot. (laughs) That's okay. Neither do Glenn and I. (laughs) This is the only thing we do once a week. (laughs) Um, You live in Illinois, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And tell us about what you do in Illinois. Um, well, I live right smack dab in the middle of Illinois in an area where I'm pretty much the only person that has horses. Um, so it's very lonely where I live. Um, I work for the state. I actually commute from my home in Jacksonville to Springfield every day, which is a 45 minute drive one way. Um, and I usually make it out to see my horses, which are out at my dad's at least twice a week. Um, and we've got three horses out there. Two of which are rideable and one is not. We always seem to have one that just isn't rideable because that's what we yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. And so you you make you you have this forty five minute commute. Now I listen to podcasts whenever I have to commute anywhere. Is that when you listen to uh, Horse Radio Network? I listen while I'm driving, and I actually listen at work because with the job I do, I don't have to talk to anybody really. So I just <gasps> listen all day. That's the perfect job. <laughs> I know. I know. So that's pretty cool. Um, So you have three horses, two of which are rideable. One Mm -hmm. is something of a pasture pet. How did you get involved with horses to begin with? I mean, if they're at your dad's, I'm assuming that uh, he was involved with horses before you got involved Um, with them. He wasn't quite as much as my mom, which is actually how I ended up into them. Um, My mom has always had ponies or horses, and um, by the time I was two, she had actually bought me my first big pony, which was a 13-2 hand pinto pony, um, and then my grandparents actually bought me a pinto pony a few weeks after that, so by the time I was two, I had my own two ponies, sure. and uh, it's, yeah, right, I know, I'm I'm the envy of every child ever, um, but it just kind of grew from there. I actually, the first, my first Pinto pony, I actually now own her granddaughter. I've actually owned both her mother, or well, her daughter and her granddaughter now. So you have an affinity for ponies. Well, this one's not exactly a pony. She's 15 hands, but she's fat like a Shetland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I swear she gets fat on air. Yeah, I have one of those. They're easy keepers uh, until you have to get them to, until you have to girth yes. them up. Yeah, yeah. She came down with laminitis earlier this year, and it was a royal pain in the butt. Oh, will she be okay? Oh, yeah. She's she's sound and everything now. She's coming out of it. We've just got to watch what she eats. Yeah. So how do you control that? Um, with her, she gets 
we don't have really, um, we have 14 acres of pasture that the three horses are out on. So with her, we usually just keep her up in a dry lot and try to control what she eats. And she gets so much turnout a week. Yeah. And that keeps her pretty sound. And she's also on um, a remission supplement and she's on a safe choice special care for insulin resistant horses. Mm. Oh, what good care you give her. <laughs> she's it's hard to. It's hard to leave them on the dry lot sometimes, you know, your yes. heart breaks a little bit, but you know, you, you yes. absolutely have to do it, but you're like, oh, who should I? And then there's always someone else from the group who has to stay with her. Yeah. The yeah. They have yeah. to draw straws. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Glenn, are you still here? I'm oh. still here. I'm just listening. Oh, you know, I'm just listening to you two go at it. And, you know, know, just thinking about every summer when I have to put a muzzle on my pony and it kills me. And then I'd say I, I sneak out to try and take it off. So when Jennifer's not around and then she catches me and then I'm in big trouble. Oh, see, that just worked perfectly because I wanted him to talk about <laughs> the fact that, well, I know that your horses do need to I get in trouble every time because mothers. I don't think they're fat and she thinks they're overweight. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I can guarantee you one look at mine. And they're overweight? Yeah, one look at mine. She's fat. She's fat? <laughs> oh, yeah, she's fat. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I just, I don't know. I do the same thing with a dog, though. She claims that our gray. Now, how can a greyhound be fat? That's what. That, that's what I say. And yet, you we, know, she yeah. she complains when I'm feeding the greyhound. It's like <sighs> we have we have a boxer pit mix at my house, and my roommate keeps telling me how fat she is to me. She looks fine, but I, I completely See? understand. We are understand. we are kindred spirits, Casey. <laughs> I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell Jennifer that uh, that that you said it was okay that the pony eats as much as he wants. I don't know about that. <laughs> don't tell Coach Jen. Ooh, that's gonna be trouble. Well, so while you're trying to keep your horses, um, we, okay, so you have um, you've got a 22 year old sorrel Mustang mare, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you have a 16 year old. I love this, this cross. She's a sorrel quarter horse Shetland thoroughbred. Yeah, she's my mutt. She's the granddaughter of my first pony mare. Okay, and she's bay and white pinto. She is actually sorrel and white. Oh, Her sorry. grandmother and mother were both bay and white pintos. Okay, okay. So she is solid sorrel with a white star. So my next question then is, what do you do with these horses? And if you're in the ring, you must get some points for extra fancy because <laughs> I'm thinking you've got some really, really nice eye candy in the ring. Um, we actually very rarely show. Um, I've got a 30-year-old mare that um, she is actually a retired um, cow horse. And she was actually given to me because she got loose one day. And uh, I caught her and the owner decided he didn't want her and left her with me. Um, so she's retired. Um, my little mare doesn't canter at all. She bucks instead. <laughs> so, we, we can add that to the test if you'd like. Uh, um, um, no. Bucking class. Uh, we yeah, the win, bucking though. class. We Let's would do... win. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. every horse show should have one of those, come to think about it, because yeah. then more people would enter. <laughs> yeah, I would win every time, I'm telling you. <laughs> she's great if we're just, you know, out Riding around my dad's house, she's fine. She'll run whenever she feels like it. But if she, we're in a ring, she bucks every time. Mm. Yeah. 
So well, needless to say, the 4-H judges kept giving me B grades every time I went. <laughs> Damn so judges. Do you ride Hunt Seat or do you ride Western? I actually ride Western, um, but I am taking saddle seat lessons from a, um, a Morgan barn outside of um, Springfield. Oh, cool. How Very are they cool. to ride? How are the saddle seat Morgans to ride? Uh, not bad. Um, I ride, I actually am taking lessons most of the time now on one of the show horses. Mm-hmm. And other than the fact that he has the biggest trot I have ever tried to ride. I was going to ask you about that I, because it oh looks like gosh. a big trot. <laughs> yes, he almost throws me out of the saddle every time. It looks big. It, it almost looks uncomfortable. Is it uncomfortable or is it comfortable? If you can get the posting right, it's very, very comfortable. It's very smooth. But if you get the posting wrong, you're bouncing away. You're pro- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've almost ended up on his neck a couple times. Mm, I had a thoroughbred like that that I rode for a while, Chestnut, that was, I could not get the, you know, I could ride. Like, I posting wasn't a problem, mm-hmm. but I was, I just felt it's like just I was getting. time it perfect. Yeah, you really have to. Yeah. You, Get into that groove. And then once you get it, you hit the sweet spot, you're good. But, man, it's hard to get back in the saddle and get that sweet spot every time. Every, without every horse is yeah. a tiny bit brain. different, isn't it? it oh, but, you yeah. Know, yeah. It's just, it's just enough different. And even the ones in the same breed. Yeah, yeah, even ones in the same breed, same size, they are completely different to ride. Mm. You know, believe it or not, it's the same way with, with uh, driving because, you know, every horse has its own little, you know, some are power steering, some are manual steering, some are power brakes, some, some you, ha- you know, you have to really press the foot to the floor, right? Um, and it's a, so it's the same way with driving. Every horse you drive is just a little bit different. And, you know, it was funny because Wendy, who's driven everything, was out here and drove scooter and she's like... God, this horse is po- this pony's hard to drive. <laughs> so, you know, you would think it would they would all almost be the same, right? You're just holding two reins and you're steering, yeah. but it's not. Well, you know, um, one of the first things Jennifer has left me with a lot of of quotes of mantras, Coach Jen, and one of the things that I found the most helpful was to ride the horse you're on. And mm-hmm. you know, the minute I get into the saddle on, on any horse, I'm like, okay. This is not going to be a one size fits all. What what kind of horse am I on? You know, but I just found that to be really helpful, and um, that seems to be me. Well, my days as a catch rider, you know, when you could get in into the tack of anybody who would offer, um, it was just super helpful. But I find even now sometimes my horse could be a different horse on Tuesday versus Saturday. You know, uh-huh. what, what horse is my horse today, and what horse is he going to be three days from now? So, um, that's how my redheaded mare is. Yeah. But okay. She's a redheaded mare. So, it kind of so comes she's, with the territory. So, you get a different horse. You get seven different horses for each day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. For each breed that's mixed in there, there's a different horse. Yeah. I'm kind of like that. <laughs> I like that. So, what are you, um, you, so you're, you're riding pro- primarily for pleasure, you're enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. You're caring mm-hmm. for your horses, so they they sort of live at home. They live within your family's domain. Yeah, yeah. Um, what when you do ride? Where do you mm-hmm. go? And do you go on adventures? What's the most adventurous place you've ever been? Tell us about that. Um, generally, we just ride around my dad's house. Um, he lives way out in the middle of nowhere, um, so it, it's pretty well free range. Um, usually we ride around what my mom used to call the block, which is a five mile 
a five-mile um, wrap around okay. the country roads. Okay, now think about that, everybody. That's what it's like in the center part of the country in Illinois. The block is five yeah. miles. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's a block. Yeah, our, <laughs> yeah, our block was five miles. Um, but that's what we, we used to do. I haven't done it in a while. But the uh, I'd say the most adventurous is probably when my mom was on her little Paso cross-gilding. Um, and we were on said block, and I was on my red-headed mare ahead of her. And the dog had, for some reason, decided to come with us to go hunting. And he ran through the tree line and apparently found some turkeys. And the turkeys flew up, and my horse turned inside out, running home the other direction with me on her. And my mom says, where are you going? I said, I don't know, but we're on our way there. (laughs) Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> so do you ride out most mostly with your mom? Um, I used to ride with my mom. My parents got divorced, so my mom no longer has a horse. Um, mm. But now it's me and my, my roommate rides with me quite a bit. And I do give lessons to a couple kids that I know. from uh, I, I was friends with their parents, so I give them lessons during the summer and spring. That's good. So you have company. Oh, yeah. All right, now we have to get on with it because she has to go back to work and we got to get to the rapid-fire questions at the end of the show because I'm anxious to hear what she has to say for some of these. (laughs) So Helene is going to lead the way. She does every week. These are questions we ask every one of the listeners that comes on the show. Okay, and I don't usually do it rapidly, and I'm supposed to, but I'll, I'll speed it <laughs> up okay. for you, Casey. Yeah, okay. we don't, Helene and I don't do anything rapidly. <laughs> it's funny because the rest of my life is at warp speed, but I get onto stable scoop and suddenly everything just slows down. All right, here we go. What's your favorite food, Casey? Pizza. Hey. Mm. What is your least favorite food? Vegetables in general. <laughs> Ooh, all right, then you need to listen to our yeah. health and wellness segment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a big vegetable eater. I'm with you, Casey. Uh, Boy, we are kindred spirits. I'll tell you what. (laughs) What's your biggest equestrian pet peeve? Um, I used to be one of them, so I feel like I can say this. Horse people who think they know everything. And you're saying you're not one of those now? I am not. No, I learned my lesson. I actually had some really big problems with the gilding I had. Um, he actually ended up uh, having to be put down with tetanus, mm. and I learned my lesson the hard way. And I, now I take any advice I can get and then just research it to see how accurate it is. If you're listening to Helene and I for advice, I advise you to get uh, <laughs> extra help. Don't count on us, okay? Just Hey, <laughs> for yourself. I learned from the best. <laughs> But, you know, there's nothing like a good dose of humility to um, help you realize that we don't, you know, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Exactly. So um, we all hit that wall at some point in our horse careers. All right. Um, Do you have a favorite professional or celebrity equestrian? Um, I would say John Lyons. I love his books. I have the entire set. And we actually used those when trying to tame my Mustang just to catch her. Wow. I have a few of the books in that set, too. Um, John Lyons pretty good. I love his learning how to ride out on the trail. That was one of my mm-hmm. favorites. John Lyons. Okay. If you want... No, no, no. Okay. What career, other than one with horses, would you like to try? Environmental protection. 
Oh, very interesting. What would you protect? Um, honestly, forest lands um, and, and just the, the general pollution is an issue. And it, yeah. it really annoys me. We actually went to Arkansas over the summer. We're considering moving out of Illinois. And we went to Arkansas, and it's just beautiful down there. They have a really, really good no-littering program, and it's just it's beautiful. You don't see trash anywhere. Where I live, there's no you can't go anywhere that there's not trash. Hmm. I was equally inspired many, many moons ago. I have a degree in environmental science because protection was one of my passions when I was younger. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, a degree in environmental science. I was I, I was more about wildlife management, but it, it sort of morphed into public policy and land conservation. Because once you start to study these subjects, you realize that the problem with the animals isn't really the animals. And it's not about managing them or managing herds. It's about managing the people right. who, who destroy their habitat. And so the people quickly, are the ones causing the issue. So, yeah. So that kind of morphs into into um, whatever you're skills are, whatever your strengths are as a person, you know, your passions kind of how you can express, how you can actually affect change in the world depends on what you're passionate about and then what your strengths are as a person. So don't let it go. You know, don't let that go. Hold on to that. I bet you could, you sound like you have a lot of energy and, um, a lot of good energy, a lot of positive energy, and you could probably make a very impactful change in the world. Okay. See, here I go. Dragging this out again. If you want a million dollars, where might you go on vacation? Ireland. What would you do there? Um, anything and everything. I actually, um, my mother's side of my family originated in Ireland and Scotland. And part of my dad's family actually originated in Ireland. So I've always wanted to visit. You would have plenty to do there. That would be, that sounds pretty cool. Describe yourself with three words. Um, can that count as one? Yes, it can. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, loyal, I guess. Um, very honest. There oh, there's go. three. Loyal very honest and, very and honest. loyal. There's three. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, <laughs> honest and loyal. There you go. <laughs> You know, I think um really represents sometimes the confusion that we feel about where where we're going in life or where we've been and sometimes where we are. You know, it's I have um so days. I have an explanation. Yeah. It's okay for that everybody else. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> I'm available for hire, you know. Um everybody has everybody has an um day. Sometimes you just wake up and you're like, uh what? Sometimes I have um weeks. It just depends. Fair enough. <laughs> right. What if you could have just one superhero power? What would it be? Teleportation. Oh, that's a good one. And Ireland would might be your first. Everywhere. Yeah, that's a really See? good one. Come to think about it. Teleportation. I, my favorite one was still Jerry's about adaptive. It was it adaptive learning or something. Yeah. Intuitive. I didn't even understand that one's pretty it, good. So, yeah, yeah. That I don't one was think anybody awesome. else I know. Yeah, I don't think anybody else I know knows how to teleport. And no one has, the, you're the first listener who's requested that as their, their um, superpower. Beam me up, Casey. Beam me yeah. up. <laughs> All right. Mm, if, if any one of your three horses could speak, what single question would you ask him or her? 
why do you buck constantly? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we're going to start a frequently asked questions. Yeah, yes, we need what to write. People, we need to go back through. What are the most frequently asked <laughs> questions that horse people want to know? We need to go back <gasps> through and, and sort of tally and make this a survey, sort of tally each of the answers <laughs> and put them in a, in a form. We need to do a spreadsheet, Helena, and uh, at the end of the year, give the results. I, would, I think that's a pretty good that idea. That would be a good idea, actually. All you, right, you get on that You can one. do that, Helena. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, you need a job. <laughs> this is your hey, fault. I so need another job. Yeah, this is your fault. So. <laughs> thank you, Casey. I know you have to get back to work <laughs> before you're fired thank from the you. state. All right. Thank, thank you so you. much. Take care. Thank you. Bye. You too. Bye. Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products featuring Uncle Jimmy Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Balls, Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball, the incredible Licky Thing, also in sugar-free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker, and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious, flavored-filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors, apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. Sparkle & Boom offers creative marketing help for small businesses. Our clean and interesting design style combined with an effective use of today's new media technologies means more boom in your bottom line. Find out more at sparkleandboom.com. My, uh, the product this week is a review of one that we uh, gave a try to, uh, and this is by the company called Equifit. A lot of you are familiar with Equifit because they have saddle pads and boots and, you know, uh, girths and all kinds of stuff. And you'll have seen also their products for riders. So Equifit's a pretty well-known name. Well, they had this little product at Ada, and Helena, it was on on the bottom shelf. And I saw it there, and I said, what the heck is that? And they said, well, it's a hoof saber. It's one of these little products that we do. I love the way you say hoof. I know. And Jamie picks on me endlessly about it. But anyway, a foot saber. We'll call it a foot saber. No, I like you say hoof. I like it. So it's, it's this hoof saber. And it is... It is this, you know how when your horse has an abscess and you have to pack it and then you have to wrap, vet wrap around it or duct tape or something to hold the packing in and everything. And a lot of people take and they put use diapers or whatever to make it work mm-hmm. you, because you have to try and keep it packed. You know, you have to try and keep it packed in there for when they're out in the field or in their stall and you're trying to keep it packed in there for like 24 hours, the drawing salve. So you're yeah. trying to draw this abscess out it's a pain in the ass let's face it so 
what what this is, and we have the the landlord just got a new thoroughbred, and of course, two weeks after she got it, came up lame, and we think it has an abscess. So we've been you know out there packing and then wrapping with vet wrap and duct tape and the whole thing, and they're you know fairly new horse people, so they're learning how to do this. Well, you know, the whole vet wrap thing, doing it right and keeping it on, isn't easy for a new person. Yeah. You know, you got to wrap it right, and then it falls off, and then they walk through it in about, two, you know, 10 minutes. And then they rip it. They, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just a mess. So and you always, always get to the cardboard. Exactly. The cardboard center before <laughs> you know it. Well, this is, this is a pad made out of some tough stuff. I don't know what it is, but it's this flat pad that's shaped like a big horseshoe. Okay. And okay. it's got sticky on the other side. You you take off the backing and it has sticky on it. So basically what you do, it's this simple. You do your packing uh, in the hoof, whatever you clean it out, you know, and you do you pour your goop in there and then you put your your drawing salve in there. And then what you do is you take this flat looks like a very thick sheet of paper, okay? And it's hoof shaped, so you put it over the bottom of the hoof. You, you rip the backing off, to, you put the sticky side on the bottom of the hoof, and you just wrap it up around the hoof. And it just folds nicely all around oh. the hoof, back all the way around, 360. That's it nice. stays on for 24 hours. It does, they don't walk through it. Uh, this has been a godsend, especially for people who are brand new or if you want to save a hell of a lot of time. And then taking it off is easy. You just pull it, it pulls right off. I got to tell you, these things are, you know, maybe they're not cheap, but they are so worth it. If you've got well, a horse. They're not cheap until you have to, you know, until you're wasting all like hours trying to wrap exactly. your horse's foot. And, and then so you have to do it maybe a twice a day because it comes off, right? And you yep. have to do it twice a day. This, they'll say, lasts 18 to 24 hours, and it really does. We've been using it on this horse now for two weeks. And uh, we love them. It's just so fast. It is so easy to do. I, I've never had one that's worked as well. And we this horse has shoes on, so it sticks pretty well to the shoes. If you didn't have shoes, it would even be better, I would think. Yeah. Because more of it's going to wrap up around the hoof wall. Yep. And, it, yep. you know, I think it would stay even better. And they wouldn't. And I think the shoes, you know, it's, the metal uh, wears through it quicker than, a, than a, the hoof wall is going to on an unshod yep. horse. So I, th- I can't recommend these enough. Jennifer will never do it the old way again. She doesn't care how much it costs. Uh, so, <laughs> I love that. I love when Jen comes modern. <laughs> she just will not. Just because it is so handy. And it really does work. They're called Hoof Savers. They're from Equifit. We'll put a link to them in the show notes. I really have nothing else to say about them other than, uh, you know, if we're going by the uh, rating system of a bale of hay, I give these a full six flakes. Woo! So these, I, we haven't found anything wrong with them. That's a big deal. <laughs> and, you know, you don't, it's one size fits all. You don't have to worry about that because it just folds up, you know. And, it, and this is a 16-hand thoroughbred, so, you know, pretty good size foot and it fits fine. And even a smaller, you could actually cut it if you wanted to uh, for a pony. You could just, okay. you know, snip it around and it would be fine that way. Very easy to use. So, uh, so six full flakes. Yeah, six full flakes on this one. We really liked it. You know, you know what? I'll take that back. Five and a half. I think they could come down in price a little bit. I would like okay. to see them come down in price a little bit, and they probably will as they become more popular, um, and they can manufacture you know them in larger quantities. So I would give them five and a half flakes, and I'll I'll take half a flake off for the price. Wow. Okay. All right. That's the Sweet. check it out. That's my that's my product of the week. 
Well, Helena, we're going to be seeing you tomorrow. Yay! You are going to be seeing two days. Yeah, Thursday. Uh, this What's will today? come out on Tuesday. Thursday, so you know, I'll be seeing you today, actually. Yep. And uh, you're heading down here to Tampa. Unfortunately, I just looked at the weather. It's going to be in the 60s and 40s at night, so you're going to need a jacket. I know. It's probably going to be in the 60s and 40s up here. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, uh, but you know, it is Tampa. It's sunny. You know, it's usually sunny, so you 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 have that. Uh, they can, you know, the uh, your your significant other and your daughter can go take a walk on the beach. That's true. They can do that, so that they works. Have, they'll have a great time. You're they'll not have lots gonna, of fun. They're probably not going to need their bathing suit to go in the water. <laughs> No. Well, the hotel is supposed to have a heated pool, but I don't think that's going to even be, I don't think that's going to help if it's 60 degrees. Yeah. 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 That's, you know what? It might actually, because it still is Florida. So the water is not going to be too bad. Um, Oh no. I'm not going to be one of those people who (laughs) goes all the way to their vacation destination and it's freezing cold and they go in the water. Anyway, we get people from Canada who come in our beaches and, and, and you're like, yeah, no, that's just wrong. You can't go in the water. It's freezing. And they're like unpacking all their beach toys and everything. It's 45 degrees and they're pretending like it's a beach day. I'm not going to be one of those people. Not going to be one of those. You know, no. I, you know, Jen, it's funny because you, yeah, you'll come down and you guys will be in shorts and 60 degrees with short sleeve shirts. And those of us that live in Florida are like in long pants and coats. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you can always you tell. You do that, get thin skin. Yes. You can Everybody always tell says the locals. that. All my friends from New York who've moved to Florida are like, you get thin skin. It, it takes it, it, a couple years. It does. It takes a couple of years for you to act like, just like the horses. It's the same way with the horses. Scooter still has a, you know, a winter coat made for Ohio. And Beaker's well, is real thin and short now. So, How long have you been in Florida now? We've been here three, four, four years. Three, yeah. four years? Yeah, four years. Are you kidding me? No. God, time flies. Mm-hmm. So Grace was nine when you guys moved to... Yeah, it sounds about right, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so that'd be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I'm looking we're forward to seeing you, too. We're going to geek out talking about trouble. podcasting. I know. I get into some trouble. <laughs> I hope. Well, there, we are going to a brewery the first night you're here. So <laughs> that's, I know. That's the first activity. It's, it's, it's ironic that Helena flies in and the first activity involves alcohol. I, I just say. <laughs> and I used to be such a teetotaler, too. I know. Like, what's happened? My You've life is getting better. Is Who says you? getting old sucks? Uh-uh. <laughs> I argue. All the good stuff happens. Yeah, you seem to be enjoying it more. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We'll see you today. We'll see you today. Hey, everybody, thank you once again for joining us on Stable Scoop. That is the end of today's show, but there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. (laughs) 